The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and Christmas here on earth. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. 
and thank you all for being here. I very, very, very much need this morning show with you. Um, I, I think that this time together is uh, far more important than our time at 11 o'clock and even our time at 5 p.m. So um, you know, having said that, I honestly think that this was God's way. By the way, can you hear me okay? If you can't, I'll turn up my microphone. Um, but I, I, I think you should be able to hear me fine. I think this was God's way of saying that we all need to be together, that we all need to be, you know, uh, one in the gospel, uh, having a fellowship here that is uh, much like church, uh, but sometimes maybe even in, in a little bit of a different way. You know, some people actually get more from this morning show than they do at church. And what that tells me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh I don't think that you're in the right church. <laughs> That's what that tells me. Um, if you get more from here than you do from your church, from your pastor, who literally uh, went to seminary and understands uh, the passages of the Bible uh, far better than I do, well, then I, I think that you might be in the wrong church. However, at least God gave us this together every single day. You don't know what this means to me. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty transparent, open uh, book kind of guy. And, you know, I was frustrated this morning uh, coming to work. I, you know, it was one of those mornings where, you know, everybody's demanding something of you and you're just trying to get out the door. You're just trying to get to work. You've got a billion things uh, that you've got to do. And then, you know, you get to work and you're having a rough morning and you're having a rough start. Uh, had it not been for this show, uh, I probably would have been in somewhat of a bad mood rest of the day, at least the rest of the morning, and my 11 o'clock show would have been, you know, one of those shows where you see me ranting and raving and screaming at the top of my lungs, which turns some people off from even watching that episode. And not to say that there's not times for that, uh, but it's definitely not the, the mindset that the person hosting the shows should be in when they are bringing you information. You know, I feel like when, when you always hear me apologize... It's not because I think I'm doing something wrong. It's because I think that somebody who is doing the show should be able to be completely sober-minded, without any kind of anger, without any kind of going off, you know, op opportunity to go off the rails. You should be able to have your emotions in check uh, if you're going to do a show like this. So, or any show, I should say. So, you know, it's really great to be able to do this because this show uh, helped me, helped bring me back to center. Uh, in the very early morning when I, need it, when I needed it to. And really, that is by the grace of God. That's because God is surrounding the podcast. God is surrounding the show. We have nearly 600 people watching at 9.07 in the morning, which means it's 8 o'clock Central Time, which means it's 7 o'clock in Texas, and which means it's 6 o'clock in California. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, well, I guess some parts of Texas, right? Is Texas only an hour behind us, or is it... Is any part of Texas two hours behind us? Either way, I don't know where those lines are. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, please refresh the video, rumble the video, grab the link, share it out. If you can't share the gospel, then you darn sure aren't sharing anything else. Uh, I read God Calling this morning, but this show helps me so much to keep grounded and keep faith. You want to know why I think that is? I think it's because there's so many people that are here that are going through similar things. And it's one thing to read devotional, right? And, 
Compare that uh, that devotional to your daily life. But then to add in five, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand people who are all feeling the same way you are, most likely, that takes things to a whole new level. That takes things to a whole new level. Majogo says, I do my devotionals at night because much unpredictable, because too much unpredictable in the mornings. Well, there you go. And and again, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's not about when you do it. Uh, but we should be doing it throughout the day, right? That's that's when we really are firing on all c- cylinders is when we're doing it throughout the day. Let's go to the Rumble chat. Laterer says, Jeremy missed the show yesterday. Didn't even get to watch the replay. My day was just off. So thankful for you this morning. Well, you know what? I suggest you when you get a chance, go back and watch the show. Um, just the title today hurts my head. Yeah, the title of the show is very rough today. The title of the show is very rough, but we're going to get into it. Texas is two hours behind. Thank you so very much. Mel says, I'm so thankful to have this week off and able to catch Rise Up Live. Amen. All glory to God for that one. Rumble Dog says, yesterday I was so on fire, made all three shows and showed a whole bunch of stuff. Prayers, coffee, Christmas, all that. Uh, I do nighttime too, alone. It helps me when I sleep. Well, there you go. 6 a.m. in Oregon, up, Miss Mocha Powered says, up and ready. I need this show. Uh, t- slept awful last night. Was giving me issues trying to sleep last night. Giving me coffee, ready, to, though I listened to you in, in the morning, Jeremy. Well, thank you. God bless you. That reminds me, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you've got yours, but we've got ours here right in the studio. Rise up, coffee. It took us almost a year to get this out. I would like to thank Uh, Cherokee Rose Coffee uh, for the partnership. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, not only are we going to put the things that are most important to us, you know, God, country, family on the bag, but it's really great gourmet coffee. And whether you like a lighter, medium roast or a dark roast, it is there. And, and someday, you know, you know, when we're rolling in the dough, uh, we'll have K cups and decaf, but you know, we make a very small margin off this, and all I'm trying to do is create things or or support things that I love or I'm I'm passionate about uh, in order for maybe to make an extra dollar here on the show once in a while, but also something that I'm passionate about, you know. So, you know, a lot of people say, why are you making coffee? Why wouldn't you make coffee? You know what I mean? If you could have your flavor of coffee that you like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh, anyway, folks, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, to bless this show, to bless this podcast, to bless uh, getting it out there to the masses, right? Shipping it out there, packing it, packaging it up in a nice Christmas Jesus nativity scene Christmas uh, wrapping paper and getting it out there to the masses. You know what I mean? So please, let's remove our hats if you're wearing one. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, our Father in heaven, Lord, you know our needs. Lord, you know our desires, our heart's desires. You know what we think we are here on earth, and you know what we were created to be from you in heaven. Lord, we ask humbly today that you help us in our wisdom and understanding of how different who we think we are here on this earth and who you created us to be actually is. We talked about this yesterday, Lord, but it cannot be stressed enough how much we need to understand that. So we ask for wisdom, Lord. We ask for guidance. We ask for protection. As, not o- as we not only get closer to you daily with the relationship that we have with you. I mean, I, Lord, you know that I, I look at you as my buddy. I look at you as my best friend. I, lo- I laugh with you. I joke with you. A lot of people don't understand what a real relationship with Jesus is, Lord. And we ask 
uh, that today that you touch their hearts and let them understand that a relationship with you is not on your knees constantly in front of Jesus. Jesus wants to be your friend. Jesus wants to be our buddy, our best friend, uh, and also a, a guiding light and a lamp in the darkness. And uh, that, that standard that continues to pull us back on that path, Lord. We ask that we understand that today as we spread the gospel. We ask for protection over this podcast and, uh, and over everybody, all your children, who are spreading the gospel, both digitally and physically, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shelves were bare last night at the grocery store, says Patriot Johnson. I do not um, I do not doubt it, especially in the Midwest where they're experiencing some serious, serious cold weather right now. All prayers for those going through some serious cold times and cold weather. We know what that's like here in New Hampshire, let me tell you. We know what that's like. All right, I'm going to have my first slurp of coffee here. And we're going to do something a little different today. Okay. One good thing about morning devotional is that even though you're doing it every day, even though you're doing it every day, it doesn't have to be the same every day. As a matter of fact, God literally instructs you not to have your prayers be repetitious, not just do them to do them. Oh, Lord, thank you for this food. Amen. Thank you for this time in my family. Amen. No, no, no. He wants you to be intimate with him. That's why he asks you to go to a quiet place to pray with him, to talk with him. He wants you to talk with him like you talk with everybody else, but on a much a higher level of respect. You know what I mean? So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, devotion can be made, uh, can be done in so many different ways. And, and be very careful not to have your devotion be so repetitive and so redundant that it doesn't even mean anything anymore. That's why God wants you to keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Keep it funky. You know what I'm saying? All right. Now, today, I always want you guys to be wary. You ever, By the way, you ever have an itch on your foot and you can't get it because your shoes are on? And you're online trying to do a show for hundreds, if not thousands of people. And you can't just stop and go take your shoes off and itch your foot. Yeah. That's where I am right now. Anyway, I always want you guys uh, to keep. Coffee is the best. Amen. I want you guys to keep the uh, the name or, or the title, I should say, the title of the show in your head as we do the show, because literally it, it's God's way of, of, of reminding you why what we're talking about today and why he's bringing us the verses that he's bringing us, okay? So today, uh, the danger of high places. Jesus said they hated him long before they ever hated you. It's also written in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, inspired by God, that if you are a Christian, you are going to live a life of persecution. The danger of high places. 1 Kings 3.3. Solomon, who loved the Lord, by the way, King David's son, for all those who don't know, walking in the statues of David, his father, only he sacrificed and made offerings at the high places. The high places in the Old Testament were where the enemies of Israel worshipped their foreign gods. Knowing such places of false worship would be a trap for his people. God commanded the Israelites to tear down 
the high places or the high place altars. Solomon, King David's son, started off well with the Lord. But then he disobeyed him and took to himself foreign wives who turned his heart away after other gods. Now, for all of you who do not know Solomon, okay, Solomon was, I think he was blessed with wisdom, more wisdom than any other man of all time. Hold on. I got to itch this foot. I got to do it. I got to do it. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. All glory to God for that relief. Oh, and no, I don't have athlete's foot. Somebody's probably going to say, Jeremy, maybe you want to check into athlete's foot. Maybe we'll get him as a sponsor, right? <laughs> All right, that's a lot better. Oh, thank the Lord. Okay, so Solomon was, uh, you know, he prayed and asked for wisdom. And, 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 you know, by the grace of God, he got it. He had so much wisdom. And he, he, he still ended up uh, walking away from the Lord. Unbelievable. As your children grow... They will face many foreign gods in our culture. There will be high place altars to which they may be tempted to turn. This must not be. As a father, pray and protect your children from the attraction of false gods. Well, what are false gods today? Okay. Today, children and youngsters and people around the world, they're not falling on their knees, right, to a false god like Baal or something like that, unless you're Hillary Clinton. But they are falling on their knees for what? TikTok? They are falling on their knees for what? Money? Attention? Likes? Views? Instagram reels? Those are different kinds of false gods, ladies and gentlemen, that our children are surrounded by every single day and tempted by every single day day and your job as a parent today is far different than our job our parents jobs when we were kids lord god what a mess solomon made of his life by turning from you you father i pray for my kids i ask you to protect them from the lure of our culture's false ideologies that when followed bring only disaster i pray too that you will keep me from such idolatry I pray for my descendants for generations. Keep our lineage true to you, O oh God. Now, do you know what I love about my situation, folks? Kitten says, you are so real, Jeremy. That's why I love the Rise Up show. Nothing stuffy, just us gathered around watching and fellowshipping. That's what the show's all about. That's what the show's all about. Um, do you know what's great? Where the, the situation I find myself is in is I get to break the cycle. I get to break the cycle of unbelief. I get to break the cycle of non-worshipping and non-thankfulness to God in my family. My mom and dad didn't do it. My grandparents didn't do it. And I don't believe my great-grandparents did because they were raised on a reservation. My great-grandfather was raised on a reservation, or my great-grandmother, excuse me, was raised on a reservation in uh, Oklahoma. And my great-grandfather was from Missouri. So, uh... And, and they were all into, you know, Native American culture and stuff like that. So I cannot remember a time when our families were godly. I do remember, however, my mom trying to do the same thing I tried to do now that I realize it later in life. Uh, she did try to put us kids in uh, Sunday school when we were little kids. I can remember uh, coloring pictures. Do you remember when children's books showed like the giants? 
I was so I was so amazed with the giants of the Bible, right? The big giants that were, uh, you know, supposedly angels who had kids with 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 um, fallen angels who had kids with with uh, humans. And uh, I remember reading the uh, coloring those as a kid in Sunday school. Uh, but that's about as far as I can remember, you know, being close to God. Um, so I get to break that cycle uh, of un- of ungodliness to godliness. And I get to break the cycle of, uh, of poverty and abuse. Um, and when I say poverty and abuse, what I mean is uh, not the fact that, uh, you know, we're not living paycheck to paycheck because like most people, we do too. I'm talking about extreme poverty, not paying your bills and eating almost bugs. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having your water shut off and having to go to a spring and get water, buckets of water just to be able to flush your toilet, pour it down the toilet and flush it because we didn't have any running water. I'm talking that poor. You know, I break the cycle of that poor. I break the cycle of spiritual um, uh, spiritual poorness. You know what I mean? And it's so great to be able to stand in that gap and go, as for me and my home, ladies and gentlemen, I think you know the rest of this, we will serve the Lord. Amen? All right, now, I want to jump to the Rumble Chat here real quick, and then we're going to do something a little different today. Remember, I told you, we break up how we do devotion here, okay? So let's go to this Rumble Chat here real quick. Um, so many great people in here talking. We have 710. My goal is to get 1,000 people in here watching, ladies and gentlemen. And the only way that happens is with your help. The only way that happens is with your help. Brown sugar right there. Amen, Jeremy. Shelly, we have lost our four chickens, raccoons. It's been a while since we have, we have better protected. I'm only assuming some animals got killed, and that really stinks. What part of Oklahoma? My ancestors are Native American from Oklahoma. You know, I'm not too sure, uh, but I know that my great-grandmother was raised on a reservation there, and my, grandma, or my mom used to tell me about stories about how they would go see her uh, before she passed away. So I'm not sure. I'll, I'll find out. Uh, Jeremy, we do understand. I lived in a communist California, and it was easy growing up there. There you go. There you go. It wasn't easy growing up there, I meant. Um, changing the mindset. Amen. Uh, W. Wilson, it's great you are breaking generational curses, Jeremy. And that's what that is. It's breaking generational curses. And S.N. Ward, 77, says, I finally made a show. Well, thank you for being here, brother or sister. I'm not sure if you're a boy or a girl. Uh, Kobe Jean says, how's your daughter, Lily? Well, I got to tell you, Lily has not really gotten much better. She had a day or two where her fever went down, then it went back up. Then we had to take her back to the hospital yesterday. Now another daughter is sick. Now Sabrina is sick. Uh, By the grace of God, I'll stay healthy and continue to be dad. The problem is, is I do three shows a day and work 14 hours a day so I can never be home. You know what I mean? Which is part of the reason why I started taking Friday nights off. As it is right now, uh, they're all sick at home right now, and I don't even know how I'm going to work the rest of the day, but I'm going to do my best. You know what I mean? Uh, Mel1028 says, Jeremy, this show's changed my life. I started watching on Monday. I'm in the process of going back and catching up on all Rise Up shows. Majogo says, we hand-pumped water and took baths with heated snow in a water tub. LOL. Yeah, exactly. That's how we grew up. That's how we grew up. That's why I had no qualms about leaving a six-figure job and taking, you know, a $40,000 a year pay cut to do this job. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I did to do this job because I had no fears about going back and, uh, and, and being poor. You know what I mean? Poor, being poor doesn't bother me at all. Leaving my kids with a life of hardship, that's what bothers me. 
That's what bothers me. So, okay, I want to go and do something a little different today. So, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, last year, if you see my hat, it says Ark Encounter. Ark Encounter. That's because we went to the Ark in Kentucky, ladies and gentlemen, and we got to uh, hang out with and meet uh, some very, very... Uh, very, very important people to us now, close to us, uh, Ken Ham, and uh, big shout out to Ken Ham, and big shout out, by the way, to uh, to Ken's assistant, uh, Carlotta, and, um, you know, we met Ken Ham last year at, uh, at, at the Ark Encounter, and uh, we've become friends with them, right, and Ken Ham is actually responsible for a lot of the curriculum that uh, we use in our Christian school. Uh, CCA. And uh, so anyway, while I'm sitting there with Ken Ham, I told him that he and Ray Comfort changed my life, that he and Ray Comfort made it so possible for me to have such a great relationship with Jesus. And he said, oh, you mean Ray Comfort, uh, my friend? Let's give him a call. So he got he called Ray Comfort and I got to sit there on a three way phone call with Ken Ham and Ray Comfort. Now, if you don't know who those two individuals are, I implore you to go and do all the research you can about Ken Ham and Ray Comfort. So ever since even before that, way before that, I was watching Ken, uh, Ray Comfort every single day on Living Waters. Now, Ray Comfort worked with Ken, uh, Kirk Cameron for many, many, many years, making movies, making documentaries and all of that stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And so ever since then. Ray Comfort has been a big part of my life. So I always have watched uh, videos from Ray Comfort on getting closer to God and how he spreads the gospel. And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, in my personal and professional opinion uh, and spiritual opinion, there is nobody out there who spreads the gospel better than, than Ray Comfort. Ray Comfort literally goes out in the street every single day and spreads the gospel in a way that opens people's ears and eyes to Jesus, not in a demanding and a judgmental way, not in a fiery, you're going to burn in hell way if you don't listen to what God says. That is not an effective way to spread the gospel. Matter of fact, it's a very stupid way to spread the gospel to unbelievers in 2022 because they just think you're crazy and ridiculous. Very, very dumb way to try to spread the gospel in 2022 if you ask me, in my opinion. So I take the, the Ray Comfort route. Now, I, I want you to listen and watch this video very closely, okay? Uh, it's a 14-minute video. I know it's different. I know we're not going through our devotional, but you need to watch this because this is very important for you. And if you love Ray Comfort, I very much suggest that you go back and watch years and years and years of Ray and Kirk Cameron's work and Ken Ham's work. Great men, great men of God. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, here we go. As with many issues, Christmas has been... Oh, hold on a second. Got to make sure we have... Um, Got to make sure we have sound. Okay, there we go. Let's replay this. Here we go, folks. As with many issues, Christmas has become a contentious issue among Christians. Some say it's a pagan festival. Others say there's nothing wrong with having a Christmas tree in your home and celebrating the birth of Jesus, even if the date is wrong. I see it as a wonderful springboard for the gospel. Watch what happens as I use Christmas as a bridge to share the gospel. I'm a big fan of Christmas. Why? Because I like getting stuff and giving stuff. Do you celebrate Christmas? I don't. I actually don't celebrate any kind of um, holidays. You're Jehovah's Witness? Yes, I am. I like spending time with my family and mostly the presents. Is it about Santa Claus? No, just family bonding. Whose birthday is it? Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? Sometimes, yes. I do, sometimes I don't. So when do you don't? 
Well, I would say recently when my mom passed away, I believe more and more now. Whose birthday is it? Jesus. Took him a minute, didn't it? Yes. Are you familiar with the song Hark the Herald Angels Sing? Yes, I'm pretty sure. Ever listen to the words? Mm, not really. Let me share the words with you and see what you think. Mild he laid his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. What does that mean, born that man no more may die? People still die. Sometimes the universe shows you things or there's things that happen that you just can't explain. Whether there's an afterlife or not, I can't say 100%. But I would say if I had to, on one side of the coin, I would say I'm definitely on the side that there is an afterlife of some kind. What that is, I don't know. Shouldn't you find out? I wish there was a way to know for sure. There is. Okay. What is that? Now, you sound so cynical. Well, uh, maybe a tad. Do you know if God exists? I don't know. It depends on what you think God is. Yeah, well, the creator of the universe. I can prove to you God's existence in about 30 seconds, scientifically. Uh, okay, I'm game. You came? I'm game. Are you open? I am. So every building is proof of a builder. Mm-hmm. Every painting is proof of a painter. Okay. Creation is proof of a creator. It's impossible for creation to have created itself. Scientifically impossible. So when you look at flowers and birds and trees and seasons and male and female and all the species and puppies and kittens, all these things show you the genius of God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. I see where you're at. I mean, it's it's hard to uh, argue that uh, all this is a coincidence. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah. It's actually nuts to think that. Okay, now proof that there's an afterlife. Let's go there. Okay. Did you ever read the Bible? Long time ago, okay. yeah. Old Testament, God promised to destroy death. The New Testament tells us Harry did it. Did you know that? Maybe when I was a kid. I, again, I haven't read the Bible in probably three decades or more. So it's been a long time. Yes, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I don't believe in that. It's very tempting when you talk to a Jehovah's Witness to get into an argument about the deity of Christ. That is, the Bible makes clear that God was manifest in the flesh. But she has her Jehovah's Witness Bible, and she's got her boxing gloves on. So I take my cue from Scripture. Jesus said to Peter, Who do men say that I am? And Peter replied, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So I leave it to the Father to reveal to someone who Jesus is. Instead, I'm going to see if this young lady knows the way of salvation, and then if she doesn't, which I suspect, I'll share the biblical gospel. Very smart. Desiree, tell me this. There's a knife in my back. I'm dying. I've got three minutes to live. How do I enter the kingdom? What can you do for me? Mm, in reality, I wouldn't be able to do anything. Three minutes. I've got two and a half minutes now. Time is going. I'm dying. I say, Desiree, I want to enter God's kingdom. I've done wrong. I've committed adultery. I've looked at pornography. I've lied and stolen. I, I'm, I feel as though I'm going to be punished by God for my sins. I feel so guilty. How can I be forgiven? What would you tell me? We've got two, two minutes. Well, in reality, I don't think I would be able to do anything because I would all be in charge of God's hands, not mine. So it would be up to God what he does and not me. What would you tell me to do? Well, in reality, at this moment, I really wouldn't be able to think. One minute, Desiree, please tell me what (laughs) I need to do to enter God's kingdom. Please help me. I would just leave it on God's hands. It's up to him because he's the one that's going to judge you for what you've done or what it is that or his reasoning. That's what I'm worried about. How can I be forgiven? Well, then you'd have to talk to him. So you don't know what to say to me? I've got 10 seconds. Yeah, no. You can't tell me? 
No. Think about this for a moment. Here we have a committed Jehovah's Witness, someone who's so committed she doesn't keep any holidays, and yet she hasn't got a clue how to be saved. So I need to share the gospel with her. But before I do, I must proceed it with the law of God, the Ten Commandments, to bring the knowledge of sin so the gospel makes sense. Okay, let me share the gospel with you and get your thoughts. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. So where are you going when you die? I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's the thing. Shouldn't you find out? Would you ever get on a plane not knowing where it's going? Well, I feel like if you found out, then you might live your life a different way. You certainly would. You know, if, if you knew for a fact you were either going to heaven or hell, so, you would live your life a different way. So where are you going, Brian? I don't know, man. Okay, let's find out. Do you think you're a good person? For the most part, yeah. Okay, how many lies have you told in your life? Oh, More than I could even... You, your camera doesn't have enough. Okay, what do you call someone who's told lies? Liar. So what are you? A liar. Ever stolen something? Oh, yes. So what do you call someone who steals? Thief. Yeah. So what are you? A thief. No, you're not. You're a lying thief. Oh, it's true. Now, you've used God's name in vain. I just heard yeah, you course. use the name of Jesus yes, as a cuss word. Yep. It's called blasphemy to do that. Exactly. Third commandment says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him right. guiltless who takes his name in vain. Ever use God's name in vain? Yes, okay. I have. That's called blasphemy. It's using God's name as a cuss word. Very serious. It's punishable by death in the Old Testament. Appreciate your honesty. Yeah. Jesus said if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Ever done that? Yes, of course. I'm a man. It's hard not to. You had sex outside of marriage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So here's a summation. Brian, I'm not judging you, but you've just told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart. So if God judges you by those ten commandments on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty? I'm going to be guilty. Heaven or hell? Well, not heaven, that's for sure. That's hell, isn't it? Yeah. So now you know. So on Judgment Day... I just want to stop that right there, and we'll, and, we'll, and we'll go right back to it, ladies and gentlemen. But do you see what he did there? You see what he did there? Do you see how much of a non-judgmental Christian he was? Did you see the process that he used... And implemented in order to get the person to say and judge themselves. He literally let the Ten Commandments convict the person he was talking to without being judgmental and without being threatening whatsoever. He allowed them, by taking them through the Ten Commandments... He allowed them to convict themselves. That is the beauty of the way Ray Comfort evangelizes. He allows them to convict themselves. And then no matter what, whether they walk away, whether they say, yeah, I'll think about this, or whether they say, wow, you changed my mind, let's pray right now. He's planting seeds. He's not there to save them. Ray Comfort can't save anything. I can't save anything. What we can do, though, is we can plant seeds. So this guy at the beginning of the conversation didn't know if hell or heaven existed, didn't know if God existed, wanted to, wanted to know, and didn't know if he was going to hell or heaven. By the end of the conversation, not only did he understand that you cannot have a, builder, a building without a builder, you cannot have a painting without a painter, and you can't have perfect creation without a creator because science tells us that nothing cannot create something so there's proof of god now proof of whether you where you're going when you die 
Here you go. I'll give it to you in 30 seconds. And he convicts him in less than a minute. And the guy goes, now, and then Ray Comfort goes, now you know. Now you know. And you don't think that guy's going to be thinking about that tonight when he goes to bed? You don't think he's going to uh, go back and, and remember going to, to church as a kid? You don't think he's going to reach out to his mom or his dad who took him to church when he was a kid and say, the greatest thing happened. And do you know what this is? This, when, when this kind of stuff happens, when, when Ray or anybody else who's evangelizing is allowed to have a few minutes with somebody, what, that, what, what is happening is that person's people, the people in that guy's life, in, in, in this guy right here, hold on, the people in this guy's life have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed that he would come to God. And this is a blessing. This is God answering people in this guy's life's prayers that he is open to the gospel. And, he, and God uses Ray Comfort to do it. A stranger out of nowhere. Let's continue with the video. Be guilty. Heaven or hell? Well, not heaven, that's for sure. That's hell, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So now you know. So on judgment day, when God judges you for your sins, seeing you're a self-admitted liar and a blasphemer, Will you be innocent or guilty on Judgment Day? Of course, because I'm imperfect, I have committed my mistakes. So So you'd be guilty like the rest of us? Yeah. Would you go to heaven or hell? I wouldn't be so sure of that. Notice that she didn't say, I don't believe in hell. Hell begins to make sense when we realize how serious sin is in the sight of God. Here is Desiree immediately before we began talking about the subject of Christmas. I don't believe in hell. I do believe in heaven, of course, but not in hell. You can't believe Jesus? in one without the other. Yes, highly. Highly? Yes. Let's see how highly you respect him. He said, Fear not him who has power to kill your body and afterwards can do no more, but fear him who has power to kill your body and cast your soul into hell. Fear him. And then he said, If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out, for it's better to go to heaven without an eye than go to hell with both your eyes, where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. Do you believe what he said? Um, I personally believe, well, Jesus has, he's a leader, of course. He has his reasons, and so does his father. So, yeah, in life, I feel like we all have our moments of justice, our moments of consequence, but I highly do not believe in hell. It would be up to him. Well, the Bible says all liars live their part in the lake of fire, Revelation 21, verse 8. No thief, no blasphemer, no adulterer, no fornicator will inherit God's kingdom. Remember the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Remember that? Romans 6, verse 23? Yes. Yeah, death is wages. That God All right, let's, uh, let's just pause this for a minute, and then we'll go back to it. This is more of a reaction video. So instead of going through these books of devotional this morning, I decided to go through this and talk about it. So I see that people in the chat, in the comment chat, are talking about uh, blaspheming God's name. Do you know that the very first promise that I made to God the very first promise after I was convicted myself was that I would stop using the Lord's name in vain. Since that time, which was 2017, I believe. So oh, about five years, almost six years ago now. Since that time, I can tell you how many times I used the Lord's name in vain. Five. Five times. Now, actually, nope. Nope, it's probably closer to 10 because I even said OMG. 
something you're also not supposed to do because you're not, even if you don't have any intent behind that as a blaspheming way, you're still not giving God's name honor, due honor. Now, do you know that Jews honor God's name so very much? They say it's so holy that they won't even utter it. They won't even speak it. And we Americans, we think saying OMG is okay. It's not. I actually said it last night reading a comment from somebody, and I, it, it hurt me the rest of the night for saying that. So I made that promise to God that I would never say it again or do my best not to ever say it again. That was the first promise I made to God. And I got to tell you, when I hear people do it on movies or when I hear people do it on shows, the first time I'll say, bless them, they know not what they do. If I hear my friends say it, I say, bless them, they know not what they do. And I just keep moving on. Sometimes I'll point it out to them. If I, if, I, if, I, if I think that I can get away with pointing it out without causing a big you know, commotion or something like that, I'll point it out to them. Other times, if I hear it more, if I hear it over and over and again in a movie or a show, I'll shut it off. I'll shut it off. And that's why I started saying, oh, my Lanta. Now, I started saying, oh, my Lanta, funny enough, because of Kurt Cameron's sister, Candace Cameron, who is now... Uh, standing up for her beliefs against Hollywood. Candace Cameron Burr, I should say. I actually met her when I was a kid as well. So when I hear it in a movie or a show multiple times, I'll shut that movie or show off. I just can't do it. To me, it's one of the worst sounds in the world. It's one of the worst sounds in the world. Let's get back to this uh, because I think this video... It's truly that important for you guys to continue to watch. Here we go. 21 verse 8. No thief, no blasphemer, no adulterer, no fornicator will inherit God's kingdom. Remember the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? Remember that? Romans 6 verse 23? Yes. Yeah, death is wages that God is paying you for your sins. It's like a judge looks at a heinous criminal who thinks lightly of murder. The judge says, you have earned the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what's due to you. This is what we're paying you. And Desiree's sin is so serious to Jehovah so serious to God that he's given you the death sentence. Your death is evidence God is deadly serious about sin. So what did God do to save us from the damnation of hell? Do you know? No, I'm not so sure. Like I said, probably right now I don't have the information. I do actually know. You'll agree with me when I tell you. Jesus died for our sins. You've heard of that? Yes. Yeah, we broke mm -hmm. God's law. Jesus paid the fine. So does it concern you that if you died today and God gave you justice, you'd end up in hell? It's a little concerning, yes. Brian, this sounds kind of weird, but I love you and it horrifies me the thought of you going to hell. Yeah. You're a human being, you're not a dog or a horse or a cat. You've got something in you that says, oh, I don't want to die. Life is precious to you. So tell me, what did God do for guilty sinners so he wouldn't have to go to hell? What he sent his the only begotten son, right? Yeah, yes. Who doesn't know that in America? John 3:16 coming yeah. out of our ears. Yeah. Most people know that, but they don't know this. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus came and paid the fine. Right. That's why he said it is finished. Just before he died, he was saying paid in full. If you're in court and you've got speeding fines, if someone pays them, a judge will let you go even though you're guilty. They'll say you're out of here. You're guilty, but you can leave. Someone paid your fine. And even though you and I are guilty before God of heinous crimes, worthy of damnation, we can walk. God can let us live. He can take the death sentence off us, all because Jesus paid the fine in his life's blood, rose from the dead, and defeated death. And all you have to do to find everlasting life is repent of your sins and trust in him. 
like you trust a parachute. At the moment, you're trusting your goodness to save you on Judgment Day. She doesn't like, like it. Like someone who's going to jump out of a plane and they're trusting their own ability to save themselves, they're going to flap their arms. We'd say, don't do that. It's not going to work. Just trust the parachute. So Desiree, don't trust yourself to save yourself on Judgment Day by saying I'm a good person. Transfer your trust from yourself to the Savior. And the minute you do that, you've got God's promise. He'll remit your sins in an instant and grant you everlasting life as a free gift so you can enter his kingdom, not because you're good, but because he's good and kind and rich in mercy. That's what you should have said to me, that just put your faith in Jesus. He suffered and died so we could be forgiven. So you're going to think about what we talked about today? Yes, of course. Then Desiree took a copy of our million-dollar Gospel of John and a booklet I wrote called Save Yourself Some Pain. That's a mini-miracle because Jehovah's Witnesses hardly ever take other people's literature. Multitudes believe in Jesus. They believe in God, but they've never obeyed the gospel. They're still in their sins. And that horrifies me. So you're going to think about what we talked about? I will, actually. That's why I stopped. Yeah. Maybe God's used me That's today to speak to you. That's what I'm saying. That's why I when are you going to repent and put your faith in Christ? I guess right now. It's just a matter of your will. Yeah. Just, just say, God, I give back my life to you. You gave it to me and I yield it to you and you'll never be the same. God will give you a new heart and new desires upon your genuine repentance and faith in Christ. Can I give you a book I've written? That's it? There you are. All right, thanks, man. Nice to meet you, man. Yeah, thank you too. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. See, when you become a Christian, you'll be born again. You'll have a new heart with new desires and you'll love to do that which pleases God. You'll love righteousness. It's called being born again, and Jesus said, unless you're born again, you're not going to enter heaven. So listen to those words again. Mild he lay his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. So now that makes sense. Does it make sense to you? Yes, it does. That you can have everlasting life, and that's what Christmas is all about. It's celebrating the fact that God destroyed death by giving humanity a savior. Are you going to think about what we talked about? Yes, I will. You're going to get right with God. Today. Can I pray with you? Yes. Father, I pray for Esmeralda. I thank you for her open heart today, and I thank you for, for the celebration of Christmas that reminds us that you didn't leave humanity in the shadow of death. To them that sat in the shadow of death, a light has sprung up. May that become a reality to Esmeralda today, and may she pass from death to life, be born again with the knowledge that she's saved from death, all because of your kindness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I give you a book I've written? It's called Scientific Facts in the Bible. Sure. Okay, let me grab it. Look at the smile. Look at the smile on her face, ladies and gentlemen. There's a million ways to spread the gospel the right way. And there's a million ways to spread the gospel the wrong way. So let's sum up there. Now, before we sum up here of, of what we just watched and what just happened, I want to address something in the comment thread, okay? Something that I keep seeing is about the other LFA TV hosts and how they have potty mouths and they swear. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Does this mean that they don't believe in God? No, it doesn't. They're young. Every other TV host here on LFA TV is in their 20s. In their 20s. When I was in my 20s, Oh, my Lanta. Was I a sight of, um, well, I wasn't good. I'll tell you that. But God had plans for me. And I must tell you guys that I see some people saying I won't watch some of the other LFA TV hosts because of the way they speak. 
Maybe instead of, um, and I understand that 100%, but you guys got to understand something uh, here as well. If you trust me, then trust in the fact that God brought these people to me. I did not go seek these specific people out. God brought me these people and said, make them a part of your team. They are young. They are going to grow. But they are godly people. They're just not where you and I are yet. Maybe they're in exactly the same place that some of you that are watching are right now. But I can tell you this. No, Antonio's not here, Melissa. He's not in his 20s. He's not here. I'm talking about the people that are here right now. They're all in their 20s. Late 20s. Okay? Believe it or not, they are. Lisa, Antonio's not here. So (laughs) it doesn't matter how old he is. We're not talking about people who used to be here. We're talking about people that are here now. They're all in their 20s. Cut them some slack. Don't cut them off like most judgmental Christians do. Because if you are not there giving them advice and telling them that you forgive them, how are they ever going to get where you and I are right now? Somebody said sometimes it's not about the way they speak. It's about the message. True that as well. But how many times have I been off message and said things that I possibly, I probably shouldn't have said? You guys have to be a little bit more forgiving of people that are on our side and on God's side. They all believe in God. Trust me. I've had many, many deep conversations with these guys. All right. And they all are God. They all are believers in God. But they're very, very far from where they're going to be. You have to allow them to grow. They have, they're on the right, they have the right compass. They have the right coordinates. It's just really dirty for a lot for them to see sometimes. And me too. And me too. Sometimes it happens to me too. I'm growing every day too. So that video right there, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. Jehovah's Witnesses, okay? Jehovah's Witnesses are not bad people. They're trying to do the right thing. They're lost. They're lost. And when I say they're not bad people and they're trying to do the right thing, how many, outside of Jehovah's Witnesses anyway, how many Christian kids do you see walking around the neighborhood asking if they can help you? Do you know how many times I've been working in my garage or working in the yard and, and Jehovah's Witness kids come up and say, hey, is there anything we can help you with? Now, I know what they're doing. They're trying to break down that barrier so that they can talk to you about Jehovah's Witness uh, and, and the Jehovah's Witness Bible and the way they feel. And I, I get that. But instead of turning them away, accept their help. And instead of having them evangelize to you, you take that time to evangelize to them. My wife, there used to be a 75-year-old Jehovah's Witness that went around the town knocking on people's doors. She could barely get out of the car and walk to people's front doors. But she was doing what she thought was right. And she was thinking she was spreading the actual gospel. She was wrong, obviously. But do you know my wife would sit with her every single week, the same day, every single week, and have coffee with her? And talk about the word of God. And she actually took that time to evangelize to a Jehovah's Witness. T. Mitchell says, thanks for explaining, Jeremy. Robin Bullock has said, how dare you think someone should be better than you? How long and how 
how hold were we before we came to know the Lord? I don't really, I know what you're trying to say there, but the actual words didn't make sense. I get it though. I get it. I lock my doors, close my curtains when I see them. Shouldn't do that. Unless you're not versed in in the word of God. These people are there. They're not there to be mean to you or to hurt you. They're there to help you in things that you need to do. And they believe that that's going to be a bridge for them to be able to evangelize to you. How do you know God's not bringing them to you? How do you know that God is not bringing them to you for you to change their lives? Do you think Jesus would close the door, shut the curtains and shut the lights off? Now, I know I've been there before. I used to do that, too. I used to do that, too. But it takes a lot of guts for those young kids to be out there, doesn't it? It takes a lot of guts for those kids to dress up nice and walk around the neighborhood and knock on doors that they know that people are going to hate their guts. They're doing more than other Christians are, aren't they? How many, how many Baptists do you see coming to your door? How many Presbyterians, Methodists? Do you see coming to your door? How many Catholics do you see coming to your door, walking around the neighborhood, trying to, event, trying to bring the word of God to somebody? Do you know how hard that is to do? Do you know how much courage that takes to do? Nobody does it but these Jehovah's Witnesses. I think they've got something right. I think maybe we can learn something from them. Not about God, but maybe about kindness. Maybe about willingness to help somebody. Maybe about breaking down that, uh, that fear and knocking on somebody's door. Christians have lost their way. And I don't have all the answers. And I never claim to. But what I do preach is what I know. And what I know is what I have been told through my time with God, not from another pastor, not from another man, not from another woman. Sass says, I don't hate them. I'm just not interested. Very good point. But maybe be interested in using it as an opportunity to spread the gospel. Like look at a lot of people that say, how dare you let your kids celebrate Halloween? Blasphemer! Pagan holiday! Why don't you use Halloween as a time to spread the gospel? Look how many unbelievers are out there. Look how many antichrists are out on the street looking for evil. Christians have lost their way. And being a new Christian, relatively, a lot of people will not listen to me. Just like a lot of people today that know me will not listen to my news because they don't think that there's any way that Jeremy Harrell can give you a story either first or that's true over a Fox News or a CNN or an ABC. That can't be possible. Oh, it is. It is. And until you humble yourself enough to understand that you are not important, but what you do and the message that you spread is important, You're not going to understand what God wants you to do on this earth. It's that simple. Lisa says, isn't Christmas a pagan holiday as well? Well, the way we, sh- the way we celebrate it, yes, it is. 
But did you see Ray Comfort in the beginning of this? Let's take this back just so you can just see the very beginning of what Ray Comfort says. Listen closely, ladies and gentlemen. Listen. Christmas has become a contentious issue among Christians. Some say it's a pagan festival. Others say there's nothing wrong with having a Christmas tree in your home and celebrating the birth of Jesus, even if the date is wrong. I see it as a wonderful springboard for the gospel. Watch what happens as I... I see it as a wonderful springboard to spread the gospel. Instead of pushing everything away because it's not good enough or because it's not mentioned or because it's pagan or because it's non-Christian, pushing things away is probably the dumbest things that Christians could do. That is not using every example or using every opportunity, I should say, to spread the gospel. You use every opportunity to spread the gospel. That is what God wants you to do. Every opportunity. So stop letting churches and pastors who are woke and who have lost their way tell you to turn somebody away. How dare they? Jesus would never turn anyone away for any reason at any time. So when all else fails, just ask yourself this. What would Jesus do? We're going to go to the verse of the day today because we're running out of time for this beautiful, wonderful show that we do here. And I, and I wrote, killing babies to stay in power. Killing babies to stay in power. Verse of the day, Matthew 2, 16 through 18. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained them from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. Killing babies to stay in power is a very sick thing. But it is a very, very familiar concept with what we're dealing with today, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for Rise Up today. I do very much appreciate every time we get to spend this time together. I will leave you with the same way that I brought you in, ladies and gentlemen, and that is with my favorite Christmas song of all time, Oh Holy Night. God bless each and every one of you. Loud Majority is coming up next. They'll be up in just another two minutes. Make sure you stay for them. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. I'll see you at 11. Peace. And sin and death.